Today's episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott. Now, Joe is not only a fantastic guitar player, he draws on his years of experience as the ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and also at the McNally Smith Music College. Here's a few words from Joe about the course. You're tired of wading through hundreds of random guitar videos and just want to become a better player. Fretboard Biology is your answer. Fretboard Biology is a self-paced, college-level program that will give you the right instruction, in the right amounts, and in the right order. You'll learn the same information I taught to thousands of other guitar players over 30 years of teaching in top music colleges. If you want to make real progress with your guitar playing, then sign up for a free 7-day trial at fretboardbiology.com. Hi there, you are listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. My name is Matt Wakeling and this is the show that I produce in Sydney, Australia, where I speak to leading guitarists and guitar figures from all around the world. Thank you so much for joining me for episode number 227. Now today I am joined by Glyn Evans of Mr. Glyn's Pickups from the west coast of New Zealand. Now Glyn has done some really cool things in pickup design. His pickups are sent all around the world. And uh, it was a great conversation. He is super insightful and enthusiastic and loves all things guitar. Glenn's got a super dry sense of humor too, which I think you'll enjoy. In fact, Glenn was the one who coined the phrase or the term or recognized that the Stratocaster was just the transitional model between the Telecaster and the Jazzmaster. And we've used that quote on some earlier episodes. In our iconic series, Gabor, as you know, was pretty happy to hear that comment. All right, let's jump straight into the conversation now. Glyn Evans, a.k.a. Mr. Glyn, welcome to the Guitar Speak podcast. Hi, Matt. Thank you very much for having me here. Great to have you here. Glyn, I've sort of become aware of you originally through people like Ricky Wood and uh, Gabor and Alex at the super fun, awesome Happy Time Pedal show um, when they've been talking to you or using some of your stuff. And I know we've engaged a little bit uh, on the online space. So great to have you here. I'm really excited to talk to you about pickups and your background and all sorts of stuff. Cool. Thanks, man. And, you know, I've, I've listened to probably all your podcasts as well. Blimey. I've, um, I'm, I'm, I know. I know it's going to sound a bit weird here, but, yeah, like the Guthrie Govan one, I've listened to that, yeah, a few times. And Michael Schenker. <laughs> yeah, keep on rocking. What a, what, a, what a star. But, no, Guthrie Govan in particular – um, that episode was great. I could listen to him all day. Yeah, so could I. So could I. Absolutely. So you know, there's something about he's obviously articulate and intelligent. And I was thinking this morning about the listening to him, the tone of his voice. Yeah. Doesn't he? Doesn't he sound like a P90? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you know, there's, I know, I, I know his voice rather than his playing, but there's, yeah. there's a really nice rounded kind of. Uh, woody lower mid okay kind of tone <laughs> <laughs> this is great this is great maybe this is why you make pickups full time this could probably this could be probably. telling that comment <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah maybe so i need to think about that a bit more yeah <laughs> that's cool do you know what um just a, a short aside i do get i do hear from guys who build stuff or techs or luthiers who say they listen to the you know this pod and other pods of course while they're working and I'm I'm honored because you guys are the heroes to me like you put this stuff together out of bits of wire and wood and metal and people like me get to plug these things in and 
the noise comes out. It's it's magic to me. So if uh, me too. Yeah. No, really. Yeah. Really, uh, if you, you stand there and watch, I remember seeing ACDC playing here in Auckland, uh, watching Angus doing his thing, and thinking, we've got 42 gauge, you know, wire yep. here, really, really, really thin wire, and there's, you know, roughly 10,000 turns of that around a little magnet, and it's producing almost no electricity. Yes. And then you amplify it a few times, and you've got this guy doing this stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, so from this really cool little bit of physics, mm. you, you've got rock and roll. I mean, it's, it's him that's making the music, not the guy who made the pickup. Yeah, sure. That's amazing. I love that. I love the, the wonder of it. You've, I've, I've read, like, some of your blogs and, and heard you um, interviewed before as well, and you do talk about the physics of it. Let's go back. Did you study physics i know you studied guitar repair and and luthery i want to talk about that but yeah did you ever get stuck into physics no i mean i, I left school when i was 16 mm-hmm. so it's 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 pretty much self-taught uh-huh. um but then again having said that i mean i'm not comparing myself to leo fender in any way but i mean leo fender was a a one-eyed accountant who didn't play guitar you know yes yep yeah, story, <laughs> so yeah. you can you can you can teach yourself stuff be, just because you're into it. Um, so anyway, I, I always played guitar, and then I was the guy in the guitar shop who sort of knew, thought he knew what he was doing. Okay, yeah. um, I'm sure you've met him. Um, <laughs> and then I ended up deciding to take it seriously. So I, I went to college in the UK and studied um, guitar making and repair. Wow, that's um, time. That's amazing because down here in Australia, there's probably not so much opportunity to actually formally study this stuff. A lot of people, I guess, informally apprentice to someone who's doing it, that sort of thing. You hear about that. Tell me about studying in the UK. How, how does that work? Well, that was, I mean, that was a, you know, a, a full-time course with a qualification at the end of it. it unfortunately, that course doesn't exist okay. anymore. Okay. Um, but, um, yeah, that was great. And I had access to, I mean, the main tutor was a guy called Ted Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ted started repairing guitars in 1958. Right. So this massive amount of knowledge there. Um, so there was Ted Lee and Gordon, Gordon Whittam, and Gordon was the Gordon part of Gordon Smith Guitars, who are still going oh, in the okay. UK. Yeah. He's, he's, he, he left a long time ago, but they're still going. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was more like all aspects of repair and, and making. But the, the, there was a li- the pickup winding, pickup making wasn't actually part of it. Okay. But there was a there was an old pickup winder in the in the cupboard, and I and I nagged Ted to show me how to use it, <laughs> and and he 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 sort of roughly showed me how to make a PAF and how to make a strap pickup, and you know, there you go, mate, go and sort yourself out from there, um, and that was in about 1995. Okay, yeah. Um, so I just got myself lots of wire and made it up. Now in 1995, of course, the internet existed in theory but none of us had ever seen it and and there was nothing on there of any use to anyone so it was all a case of making it up and talking to people who may not may understand the physics or not and learning from whatever sources i could find sure yeah it's um it's an exciting time and mostly when i speak to people who have made a career of it a lot of them have didn't come up through the yeah, you know, the YouTube generation, just YouTube it, just Google it. So, um, mm. yeah, finding info would have been pretty wild. I, See, I, I, I don't know if that gives a deeper knowledge or not. Now, you, you're, you're, a, you're a music educator, aren't you? Yeah, yep. 
so I look at that as like the self-taught player. Now, is that would you say that's in your opinion? Is that a better way to learn something or, um, or not? That's a really good actually, question. You, yeah, because actually, I, you've got a bias. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe a little bit. So, um, yeah, I didn't do a degree in music until my early thirties, until I wanted to get into classroom teaching. So before that, yeah, I was giving lots of guitar lessons. Um, yeah, self-taught, and we the old thing: slow down the record or rewind that cassette over and over and over and um yeah in some ways even even in the degree i was working out not names for what i knew because i found out the names of the scales and all that kind of stuff but finding out why it worked i guess so a bit of reverse engineering i suppose that i think a lot of us do i think it's yeah to answer your question that was a long answer yes i think self-taught if you stick at it you you'll find some some gold you might not have otherwise yeah but the, i think i think you need some better education afterwards as well though yes. because i think from teaching guitar repair what you find is people who 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 are self-taught with a lot of that do have a lot of blind spots sure sure you know um or will follow quite weird ideas they can they can have quite unusual models in their heads of how things work yeah and and they'll and they'll find whatever evidence they can to support that yeah. rather than debunk it, which is what the evidence is actually doing, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. We're going to go down a dangerous rabbit hole here, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> it's a super interesting one. Can I ask you, with whenever, whenever I talk to people who've been into guitar teching, repairs, luthery, I like to ask, um, what are some of the craziest instruments that have turned up, as in um, a guitarist with no – well, I think – following on this idea a guitarist with no idea of what they're doing thinks oh try this modification i'll try this or that what what's the craziest looking guitar that's turned up for you i don't know about craziest looking sorry what 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 crazy mods that went bad or uh, what i what i what i learned is really that all sound is good Uh and no matter what like for instance bloke brings me an Ibanez gem, yeah? Uh-huh. Right. Opens the case, it's an Ibanez gem. I have an immediate assumption in my head of what I think he's going to do, right. what he wants it for. Yes. And that, that, that taught me was this guy was really into Joe Pass. Okay. And that, he just liked the neck. Uh-huh, yep. But why not? Yeah. You know, it's pretty much a PAF in the neck position. It'll do a great Joe Pass. And if you love that neck, yeah. well, so, and he was there because he wanted the trem blocked off because it was a nuisance for him. So I think you can't really judge anything like by, by its appearance. And yes, the, yes, you get some what would appear in conventionally to be crazy looking guitars or, or crazy ideas, but actually these are musicians, you know, I'm sure Leo Fender thought Jimi Hendrix was misusing his gear at first. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, you've got to, you've, it, it's really interesting. Other people's minds, um, and, and, and what they make of something. Um, so, yeah, I mean, some interesting, a lot of the jobs are things like I bought a Telecaster, but what I hear in my head is a Les Paul. Can we okay. make this telly sound like a Les Paul? And it's like, oh, yeah, you sort of bought sort of. the wrong guitar. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's fine. And, and work, working for lots of people who are from beginner up to, you know, very well-known players, um, 
And that's that's interesting too. The egos egos are quite interesting. M- much bigger egos with the smaller players than the bigger ones. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Whenever I've met, um, I've got a little theory. I, whenever I've met players who are well known or have had a good career, whenever I've talked to them, most of the time they'll be quite humble and they'll be really passionate just about music. They'll talk about their heroes and they'll kind of detour. And I, I sort of wonder if it's because they've got nothing to prove because they've. Mm. Establish their thing. They're confident in who they are and, and what they've done. Mm. Maybe. You see, my, my my thought is, we're all we're all learning to play guitar, right? Yeah. No one is ever going to get there. Yeah. Uh, uh, nobody ever is. Yeah. And and the 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 closest I talked I talked to somebody once who reckoned he was seventy five percent the way there. Okay. And everyone else who has seen him play would have said one hundred and fifty. You know, okay. it was like yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, and I think because no one is ever going to get there, and I think the more the longer people play, the more they realise that is they realise we're all doing this, we're all in the same struggle. <clears throat> so why should they have more ego? Yeah, you know? exactly. I think it's exactly. I think it's a, I think that's a lovely leveller. Yeah, that we're all seeking stuff that we can't find. And the guys that are really great guys, and when we say guys, it's the androgynous term, guys and girls, yeah. the, the ones who are awesome. Um, it's because they maybe they recognise that there's something else to work on. There's some other idea, um, and they keep pushing and that idea of lifelong yeah. learning, which is across you know all spheres of life, um, is becoming more recognised, perhaps. Yeah, and 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 it's supposedly really good for our brains. I mean, it's probably why you and I are so smart. I'd say so. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say so. <clears throat> Let's put it down to that. So, Glenn, you. You you end up in New Zealand. Um, you're doing your guitar work, but the pickups becomes more of a focus. What was the catalyst for that? Um, I I really like pickups. Like I really I really like them. <laughs> That's a great. And, uh, um, it was just you know, a really nerdy thing. And I've been I re we've been rewind always been rewinding them. And that's how you learn stuff. You know, you see how things were done. Um, and when I started off in, in, in the mid-90s, 70s Fender pickups or 70s pickups were just old junk, you know, whereas now they're valuable, yes. sacred things. Yeah, yeah. So that learning off that stuff, and there was lots of 60s stuff as well. Um, but then I just wound more and more and was making pickups for myself and making the odd pickup for customers from scratch. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking, well, yeah, I don't really want to commute into the city anymore to the workshop. So I started formulating this plan in 2012. Okay. And started designing this range of pickups, which took me forever because I'm really, really fussy. Um, and then when lockdown happened, so three years ago, almost exactly, mm-hmm. um, I pulled out my workshop in the city and set up here, which is a home workshop. And I live way out of the city. I live on the end of the world Okay. Um, on the West Coast. So, um, yeah, I set up here and, and started the website, and, would, and I already had the core of the range of pickups right. all, yep. all, all designed. Um, so over that period, I built the workshop and we built a website, and, yeah, haven't looked back. There you go. Well done. Amazing. When you talk about learning from rewinding a pickup, what does that mean? So when are you going to rewind a pickup? Is it usually for a repair or something like that? Yeah, right. So, oh, 
in particular, 70s Fender pickups, okay. they die. So if you have a 70s Strat, for instance, and it starts sounding quiet and thin, mm-hmm. then like very, very thin, then there's a fair chance that coil is needs rewinding. Okay. It's really common. It's really common with it with those. So to learn from them, I mean, basically you look at the, even simple things like what insulation they use on the wire, mm-hmm. which you can tell at a glance, of course, because of the color of it. But then with, a, with I suppose the Strat pickups are bad examples. It's very easy finding information on those. But other pickups that are quite unusual, you, in a way you're guessing. You know, you're looking at it going, oh, I reckon that's this thickness wire. Uh-huh. And quite often you'll wind it and go, no, it can't be that thickness wire because it, because it doesn't fit. I can't fit a reasonable amount on. Or sure. So, and yeah, so sometimes it's a bit of trial and error. But that's how I've always do, I've done those, mm-hmm. you know. But I have a book that I've written down, all the pickups I've repaired, all the different ones, and the spec, and and all the experiments I've ever done. So this book is is a great reference for me, so that you know just to to make a note of everything. That is cool. So that, that book would have some gold in it. I hope. Have you scanned it? Have you got secret copies no. around the house? In- no, because you Good guys point. Get, you guys get volcanoes and earthquakes and things. Yeah, yeah, but you guys get you know dangerous animals and floods and fires. Absolutely, yep. <laughs> I mean, life, life, life is insecure, isn't it? <laughs> it is exciting. It is exciting. But yeah, that that book sounds sounds golden. That's that's amazing. So, what was the first when you said you were putting the range together? What was the first pickup that you? pulled together um the the one that um i I was using a telecaster a lot of the time and it's that 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 what's now called a cruel mistress telecaster set which is a slightly hotter yeah um telly pickup but still with that telly telly character because it's a telecaster it should sound like a telecaster sure um but i wanted a bit more oomph so that that was one that i did for me um, and then from that, the next one. So then I realized with the telly, oh, I want one that's more of a lower powered, more normal telly pickup. So what I did then, because I was repairing a lot of guitars, I knew a lot of players, is I would wind some pickups, make them till I was happy with them, and then give them to a pro player to as a test pilot. Yeah, okay, yeah. And, and I followed that way of doing it now through all my pickups, pretty much all of them, is there's, there's a test pilot. Right. Um, only one test pilot. Okay. Because yep. if you involve three people in the process, yep. Yep. you haven't got a chance yeah. of ever, ever getting a conclusion. I guess you've got to find some common language, and if you keep spreading it around, people speaking the language is going to get murky. Yeah, language, yeah. Language is very hard because all our language is visual. Uh-huh. Um, so, which is, yeah. So when I get people contacting me saying, I'm after a pickup that makes this and that sound. Yeah. What I need are tone references. You know, send me a link to bits of songs or what have you that you like that like the sound of. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, you can't, you cannot just use like I can, I can describe something to you. Well, let's say brown, right? Yeah, brown sound. Yeah. Right, brown. Are we talking OU812 or are we talking Van Halen one? Yeah, right. Because that's a different sound. Absolutely. So. Yeah, 
it, it, the whole thing's, yeah, almost impossible. Yeah, yeah there's lots of, uh, lots of cork-sniffing language in some ways. Musical top end, what does that actually mean? I don't know. Maybe something different for, for you or me or Fred down the street. Those yeah. So I guess you've got to and, work that out. And, and, and you never know if the other person has, has quite understood the term you've used. Yeah, yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And the, the more you try, I mean, some people are good at it uh-huh. um, and some people are, are just making words up. Sure. <laughs> okay. But then, but then that you can make. Actually, making words up is quite valid. For describing mid-range, you can do, you can make up if it sounds a bit ning, or if it goes ngong. Okay. You know. Yeah, yeah. You, you can hear the different parts of the mid-range. Sure. So you can make some words up, but you feel like a fool doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you hear that. You hear like a vocal mid-range or a uh, vowel vowel sounds. I've heard. Yeah. I've seen that word used. Sometimes to describe some pickups. Hey, um, I've got your range of pickups here. I'd, I'd like to talk about a few. Mm. One, it's not on your website yet, but you've just started talking about it online. Very exciting is the Pandora, I think, mm. or Pandora's box. Pandora, the Pandora. Yeah. Now, this is a Tele Bridge pickup. Can you talk us through that? It looks really cool. Yeah, I mean, the idea of that is that was actually solving a problem. What what I see as a problem, which is the three way switch on. Um, Esquires. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's a single pickup guitar. Yeah. One of those three settings is useful, and the other two are nothing you can't do without a tone control, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they just introduce capacitors and what have you. So, so what it is is um, is an idea of coil tapping uh, um, a single coil pickup. So the at full, it is the cruel mistress tele pickup, like I mentioned, and then uh, you can tap off a load of windings mm-hmm. and make it um, into a, another tele pickup, which I'm, and is also going to go on the website soon, um, which is a, uh, how do I describe it really? It, it was, it was based on an, on a 61 Esquire I once befriended okay. and, okay. Um, and loved. Um, and then you can tap it off again and have what I'm calling gold foil, although it really isn't gold foil. Yeah. It's just a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a thinner sounding, sort of telly sound. Okay. <clears throat> but the wiring I'm recommending is a little complicated um, because I'm wire if you can wire it so that the volume pot is seen by the pickup as different values so that there are resistors that can be introduced. I saw that plan. That's fascinating. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So that the so that the the supposed gold foil sound is seeing that pot as a one meg okay. pot, which is allowing more topping through, so more sparkle. Um so so that's that's what that's about, and that's a pickup. I I had the idea and I designed it and did all the testing for that a year ago, uh-huh. um, and then thought, yeah, this is really complicated. No one's going to want this. <laughs> so I just sort of stopped yeah. and just it just sat there in a in a test guitar, um, and then I saw some people on Instagram putting, you know, the single pickup thing is quite big, and I thought, oh, I'll just mention it, and um, there's was enough interest for me to go, oh yeah, okay, right. I'll, um, I'll get it together. So um, that's the web page is just about written and that's going to go up okay. early next week. That's great. Yeah. That's such a clever thing to make the volume pot see the value differently. I know, I know some people do that, especially like in tellies um, to try and brighten the neck, pick up things like that. Um, 
but for a one pickup, that's genius. I love that idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not. It, you know, it's nothing new. It's look at the Jazzmaster. You know, when the, with the top switch down, it's using one meg pots. With it up, it's using two fifty k pots. Okay. I mean, that's the difference in your sort of bassy sound on the Jazzmaster and the jangly sound. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's not. Um, there's there's nothing new. Not since nineteen fifty eight. There's been nothing new. That's a thing too. That's that blows my mind. I mean, yeah, but guys like you, you're finessing these ideas in in clever and, and musical ways to make uh, yeah and, these tools. Yeah, and and it, you know it, it's it's fun. It's 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 one of these things. You, you know what it's like. You get an idea in your head. Oh, I wonder if I could do that. Yeah. Then then you can't help. Well, I can't help myself. Uh huh. Yeah. That's why so, you're. That's why you're the guy making the pickups. That's awesome. Hey, that just idea, as well, isn't it? Just as well. It's worked out okay. <laughs> hey, that idea of think of like switching one pickup. Um, yeah, a lot of players will split a humbucker or do something like that. I, I play a lot of HSS strats. Well, not a lot of them, but I play yeah. them a lot. I should say they're my gigging workhorses. Like, I I don't mind splitting a, a bridge pickup in that way. A lot of people don't dig it, but it kind of. I find it usable, but your idea is fascinating. Is there any reason why your idea couldn't be used on other pickups, other other styles of pickups as well? Yeah, look, the the difficulty can be where you you, you would ideally have a different gauge wire okay. for each for each sound. Yeah, so you have to pick sounds that will be ideal with that gauge wire. But no, no, it's, it's not It's not something you can't do. It's mm-hmm. just it, it's slightly limited. Hey, sorry, going back to that wiring thing with a yeah. pot with different value, is that how you have your HSS tracks wired? No, no. So um, I'm not smart enough yet to try that. I, I did learn to solder a few years ago and thought I was the smartest man alive when I wired a set of pickups and they still worked a couple of days later. So that's sort of where I'm at. Um, right. But that's interesting. So I like I found I like five hundred K pots and I kinda like that even for the single coils. Um and I kinda right. dial in the amp and pedals and everything, I guess, around, around that. Do you do oh, cool. what what do you do if, when you've got like a mix set, like you know, mixing humbuckers and single coils or P nineties or what have you? Do you do you do you mess around with that sort of thing? Well, I I, I think you, you've 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 answered that. You, you're happy with what you've got. Mm. Sweet. Let's not don't mess with it. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, what 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 you would conventionally what you could do is is keep your 500k pot, mm. then add a couple of 470k resistors, yeah, which are in parallel to the two single coils. Okay. So then the single coils will see that 500 as uh, a okay. 250. Gotcha. Um, but you've already told me you're happy. So, yeah. So, I mean, you can experiment with it if you've got nothing else to do, but I imagine you're a busy man. So why bother? Um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of the basic idea. There's lots online. You can, you know, it's very popular with, you know, if you've got like a humbucker in the neck of a Telecaster mm-hmm. or a HSS like, like, like yourself. Okay. Um, yeah, so you can. There's lots of things you can muck about with. Sure, sure. Let's um, let's talk about your Filtertron-ish pickups. You call them the Tron, which is a cool name. Kind mm. of ties in with your robot uh, logo and uh, and model. What what got you into that kind of sound? Uh, the very first time I fell in love with electric guitar was Malcolm Young. Aha, uh-huh. fantastic. You know, it was. And and I can I, I can summarize what that sound is for me 
by listen to jailbreak okay about the first about the first four seconds of it yep that's it and that's when i the money i was saving for a motorbike went on a guitar okay and i haven't looked back you know and that's, that's awesome. that was that was it so that 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 sound of a filtertron just pushing an amp is 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 yeah that's it for me anyway what about you what what was your was your first guitar sound have you got a first memory of what you fell in love with that's a good question so i've got an older brother six years Mm -hmm. older so he was playing a lot of yeah acdc heaps oh that's probably the thing i heard the most too and some angels and uh, the radiators so bands like that in australia yep malcolm that rhythm tone and and angus and both guitars together was the first time i realized that you didn't have to play exactly the same part you could have two different parts so Mm. that's different to sound that's more about um, arranging and, and and finding parts, I guess, but but those things stuck with me early as well. So yeah, and two and two different sounds. Yes, you know, with a pan stereo panning. Yeah, two very different sounds there. Um, I love those early albums. You know, before Highway to Hell, mm-hmm. that 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 you know, Vander and Young production. Yeah, but yeah, you can pan those either side, and, and it just sounds fantastic. Yeah. And then you listen to like Van Halen one. Yeah. Isn't that weird? He's all one side. Yeah. With and the, the only thing in the other, reverb's the other side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Classic. Isn't that? I, I bet they had arguments over, over that. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Because you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and, that, and it sounds it sounds great. You know, it's whatever sound is, sound is a funny thing, isn't it? Because if, if there's some guitar sounds you hear, like think of not unusual Tom Jones. Okay. Yeah? Yep. There's a, a a horrible, horrible thin guitar. Yeah. In that, <laughs> that little <laughs> yeah. But it's perfect. It is. It is. So, you know, it's so perfect. You isolated that on its own, and you'd go, "Oh, I'm never using that for anything." Yeah. But it's but it's perfect for that. Yeah. So there's no there's no good or bad sound. It's just where you want it, and we all have musical references too. So. If I'm, you know, making a pickup that isn't a straightforward one, so it's not like a vintage Strat pickup, mm-hmm. you know, if you're making something else, then uh, it's kind of hard to say where. I mean, obviously, I've got the same musical references as everybody else. Yeah. Okay. So my taste is as good as anyone's, but it, it's really interesting how you how you decide. You know, what what is a good sound? Yeah. Sure. So when you're when you hear that sound, you love it, and you think, okay, I want to make a pickup. Based on that idea, on the on the the filtertron, hmm. what do you what do you add to that, or how do you put your own personality into that pickup? My, mine have a little teeny teeny bit more oomph in them than um than the than the proper vintage ones. Okay, yeah. I mean, the first thing to do is is because essentially what I'm doing is is copying an old pickup with that. So you've got to start with that mm-hmm. and then change it. Um, so uh, um. I had some old early 60s filtertrons. Oh, okay. um, and one of the things that, that you, you see with a lot of copies of them are the magnets are different. Right. Because ma- a filtertron magnet is a um, quarter of an inch thick, so that's 6.3 mil thick, which is twice the thickness of a humbucker magnet, of a, like a PAF magnet. So I, I get my magnets made for me. Um, so it's not a kind of you can't really buy them. Well, that's what you can off the shelf, but I actually get them manufactured oh, okay. for me specifically okay. for that. So that's a really good place to start. Interesting. Um, 
Like, like for instance, I've got a lipstick pickup that's going to be in the next couple of months I'll be um, making. But that, that's another one where you go, you hark back to the early ones and you make the early ones and then make one the same as that and see if you where you go from there, if okay. anywhere. Yeah. Um, probably just making the bridge and neck slightly different at least. Right. But that, but that's one where the modern ones have a thinner magnet, like a PAF magnet stuck in a plastic bobbin okay. where it was a thicker magnet that was only go six, which is kind of weird. Um, and the winding was directly onto the magnet. So they were quite different. So that's where I'm starting. So I've got some magnets on the way they're being made, um, for me. So when that's, yeah. And I've actually realized that I'm probably going to, I've just started making a different winding machine just for that pickup. Oh, cool. Um, just for the mounting of it. And that's just because I had the idea in my head and I, I've started now, so I can't, I can't stop that. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> gonna... <laughs> that's yeah. great. What's, what's the longest time you've spent on a pickup? As in oh. refining, working through, being fussy, as you say? Oh, well, years, really. Mm-hmm. I think the Cloud9 took me, which Gabor's got as a bridge pickup. Yes. Actually, um, I heard that the other day. That sounds amazing. That sounds it's, so cool. Um, so that's like that a, took hot, a, long time. a hot humbucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in that Gibson 498, Duncan uh-huh. JB sort of world. Okay. Um, but I wanted clarity and I wanted it to stand out Yeah. Um, as well as have aggression and do a, you know, a good, like do a Randy Rhodes thing as well as, other stuff you know it needs to be like a um uh i play in a rock covers band myself uh-huh. and i wanted a pickup that would just do everything because i think changing guitar half halfway through a gig when you're just a pub band is a bit naff yeah okay <laughs> so so i didn't want to do that um yeah so that that took a while um the attitude humbucker saw a lot of air miles because the test pilot was in yorkshire Okay, and I'm and I'm in New Zealand, um, so that was a case of um, send a pickup over to him, him put it in a guitar, do the trials, make comments, send it back, and that went back and forth and back and forth, and we were within within a hair of both of us being really happy, and then COVID happened, right, and it locked down, bang, we couldn't we couldn't send stuff back and forth. Yeah. Even shipping went bonkers, didn't it? Yeah. 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 And so there was a guy in, in New Zealand who at the time, coincidentally, who's a fantastic, amazing player, Gabe Doverston. And he asked me if I made a pickup and he pretty much described that one. Okay. So I went, oh, okay. Yeah. I'll just send you one of these. What, what's the difference between the attitude and the cloud nine? The attitude was originally designed as a seven string. Oh, okay. Okay. So the idea is, for it to have a a a tight bottom, which is of course something we all want. Sure. <laughs> um, and it needed again clarity. They've all got clarity, but it needed power, and you'd be quite compressed. I mean, the guys who use that tend to either be extreme metal or fusion. Okay. Which is surprisingly similar in, in their requirements. Sure. sure. Um, so it had wouldn't have that ringy, sustainy thing. Um, Brown with a hint of purple, and a <laughs> here we go. I'm making up language for stuff, aren't I? <laughs> but um, but it's got a bit more compression than um, than slightly less dynamic than the, than that Cloud Nine would be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think compression is quite handy for those guys. I mean, they've got heaps anyway with all that gain. But yes. Yeah. So, 
Interesting. Hey, tell me about the Clearview pickup. That looks really interesting. So it's a, as I read, it's a humbucker, but it behaves like a single coil. What's what's the story? It's 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 more yeah. It's for people that don't like humbuckers, so it doesn't have that lower mid push that people who like humbuckers love, but not everybody does. Mm-hmm. So it's very much a clean. A clean humbucker so it's humbucking yeah but it, it yeah it's not it's not like a strat it's not like a single coil to play it hasn't it isn't quite as it's more the dynamics are more like a humbucker than a, a single coil so it hasn't got a particularly like a spanky strat thing right or it's not quite as dynamic like humbuckers aren't yeah um the guy who does the demos who is well worth looking at andy mara who or both guys have done demos for that one um uh, it's that's I chose those guys because that's what that pickup does really well. Okay, you know if if you want if you're into dirtier sounds, it, it it's it's not going to push your amp as hard. It's not it hasn't got that lower mid thing. Great great for effects. Great great if you're using lots of modulation. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. So it's quite different. That's quite a different one. Yeah, that that stood out. That stood out. So it's a humbucker. For people who don't like humbuckers what if you like single coils but you want something a bit bigger does uh, it fit that humbuckers. category or no humbucker size p90 i'd go for okay because you still got the lower mid you still got those mid present mids right, right and but you've also got it's a single coil so you've got some some of that attack and that and that responsiveness mm-hmm. um that's been really popular actually that the, my black sand humbucker size p90 okay because yep. I, I originally made that just as a neck P90, thinking humbuckers can be a bit mushy in the neck. I'll design a humbucker size P90 just to do that. And the bridge pickup, I saw, well, I might as well make it a set. But actually, it's gone off and had its own life. It's it's It surprised me quite a lot, that one. Um, it, it was the sort of... Um, you know, it was the ugly child, really, in the in the in the litter, right. <laughs> but it's but it's gone off to be to do great stuff. Yeah, cool. So that's the yeah. the bridge pickup you mean, and then having a set well, of both them. of them, both right. of them as a as a set. Yeah, because it's 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 great for all sorts of things. You know, it's got it's got a bit of a high end aggression if you want to play punk, or it's you know, it's got some fullness for jazz or everything in between. Cool. I like P nineties. Yeah, they're fun. Absolutely. Are you are you a P ninety fan at all? I, I I need to be. I um I've played a few P ninety guitars and I've always liked them. I've always liked them. So for example, um, uh, what were those Les Pauls? Sort of early nineties they came out with the um, that's funny. I think I call the Gem series or something. Um, or Gem colors. I don't know. The, yeah, Les Paul. I, I always get on better with those with P nineties. Or mini okay. humbuckers, mini humbuckers, because they're kind of a little bit brighter as well. That's going to be fun. Mm. Which I see you yeah, can yeah. make some of those too. Yeah, yeah. I make I make two flavors of mini humbucker, and there will soon be a Firebird as well. Okay. Um, which is very different again. You know, it's a, I know it's roughly looks the same in silhouette, but it's but apart from that, right. it's very different. So who wants um, who wants a mini humbucker? If say like a path kind of sound is your idea of what a humbucker sounds like or what you are, what you're familiar with who who's grabbing a mini humbucker yeah it's it's i mean that like you said they're cleaner they've got less bottom end mm-hmm. um there's a lot you know 
it's not just replacement for existing guitars. A lot of what I do is is selling to people who are putting together guitars. Right. Yeah. Because that's a huge thing these days. You know, yeah. you were telling me earlier about your Absolutely. parts casters. Yep. Yep. That's me. So. Yeah, so there's people doing that, people making bodies and that. There's a few Australian makers who use who use my pickups. So, you know, stuff like having a Firebird neck pickup, I thought, well, that's quite a cool thing, you know. And P90s as well. People often put a P90 in because all the, all the cool kids are playing P90s, that's man. That's right. <laughs> Get with the cool kids, dude. Um, I think I might need to. <laughs> they're great. I've got, I've, yeah, I've... I've I've been gigging with a P90 recently and just, yeah, it's, I love it. That's cool. This episode is brought to you by Fretboard Biology, the comprehensive online guitar course put together by Joe Elliott, ex-head of guitar at the Guitar Institute of Technology and the McNally Smith College of Music. I was one of the beta testers for the course and can say as a music educator, I was really impressed by the logical sequence of learning. The course has also been endorsed by players such as Brett Garson and Greg Cock. For more details, check out the links in our show notes. I love that you're out gigging as well. What's your um so what's your band? You say you do rock covers? Yeah, it's kind of rock-based covers. It's 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 pretty much this side of the of the year 2000 mainly. Okay. I mean, we'll do the odd older one, but we'll do like, you know, a punk version of Mamma Mia or a Okay. you know. We'll do a couple of 80s cheesy ones. Nice. Um, which would be like mid-set, mid-second set cheese platter of, you know, a few <laughs> 80s ones. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's the perfect way to test a pickup. I mean, I always, I test them here through different amps, through different yeah. pedals and all that, and then I go and get them next to a drummer. Yeah, perfect. That's that's the thing, isn't it, in, in context. Like the Tom Jones thing, like in context is, is everything. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Because if, you, if, 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 you're not, if you're not next to a drummer, then preferably more than one drummer and more than one bass player. If you don't do that, I don't see how you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then usually, especially the lower-powered stuff, which isn't quite my world, they'll go off to other people for testing. Okay. Although there's one at the moment, there's a pickup specifically for Doom. Okay. So it's down to, and I've just got in, it is so cool. <laughs> I, I have just discovered something. It's been around for 25 years and I haven't noticed. Right. Um, but, yeah, there's a guy um, who's, yeah, who's got, got one of those, my sort of prototype to, to try out. Um, and we'll see how that goes. And if, and if, and if, if he doesn't like it, brilliant. You can, you know, if we can tweak it and keep tweaking and keep tweaking. Yeah. Cool. Good times. The, mm. um, yeah, your range is super broad, which is, which is amazing being, I guess it's been a long time coming, but you know, launching, uh, 2020-ish, you've got a lot of different pickups, a lot of different flavors, and um, and I see on your site too, which I think is awesome. Like you, you invite um questions, so like collaboration for players looking for a certain tweak or something on a standard recipe. Yeah, yeah, to to an extent, there are there are some pickups are really really forgiving, like like a PAF. Mm-hmm. You can under or overwind that. Either way, and it sounds great. Okay. Still, you know, where it's not like the Cloud Nine you mentioned, that's you, you go too far either side of that, it's not happy. Okay. Okay. So you, you've got to, there are some, like, an, like a strap pickup, yeah. like a sort of vintage strap pickup, you've got heaps, it's very forgiving, you've got heaps of, heaps of space either side. So some people will say, hey, I'd like a 
in fact, people come up with quite crazy ideas sometimes. I, I, I'm more into recommending what I already do than sure. having somebody else design a pickup because how many times are we going to wind it till it's perfect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you, know, you might want one pickup, but I'm actually going to make six by the end of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's going to take a long time. So just by my fussy nature, it, it, it's probably not a great, a great thing. And I, and I sure. kind of end up talking some people out of things. Yeah, okay. I mean, I like the conversations um, we've been having like here already, like me saying, you know, does the clear view, where's it going to sit if I want something fatter or if I want this or that or – and then you say, yeah. oh, you know, check out a P90. I think, well, okay, that, that description sounds more what's in the head, so. Yeah, and, and also that, that, um, that humbucker-sized P90, there's, there's a couple of – quite a few good demos of that. There's uh, Brett Kingman down in Melbourne. Yeah, Brett's done, done a great. great. Yeah. That's um, cool. But the idea of talking to, to you, talking to the guy making the pickup is, um, is really cool. Like obviously you can't do that with the, the massive, the massive no. names. You just, Seymour will not answer the phone, will he? <laughs> he? Well, not to me. Not to me. And that's okay. He's busy. He's yeah, busy. yeah. He's, uh, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's really cool. I, I like that. But, but the thing is that, 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 that always amuses me is actually it's really cool for me too. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm 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 from the same place as all the as all the players are. You yeah. know, and I'm yeah. also a player. Yeah. And and for me to talk to the player. Yeah. It's like we're reenacting something that we I read in Guitarist magazine in 1985. You okay. Know? Yeah. About yeah. you know that the rock star talks to the the guy and they get talks to whoever Charbel or yeah. Stuart, no, Grover Jackson and, and they and they put a guitar together to get and but it's like that from both sides. It's really cool for everybody. I think that's great because guitars are really cool. They are. That's bottom line. That's where we are. That's why we. Aren't they just absolutely? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are so many different ones, and they yeah and. Yeah, they're just fantastic pieces of equipment. Yeah, and, and I, I'm constantly I'm amazed how cool they are. You know, every every time I have band practice or a gig, yeah, you know, at a gig in particular, you know, like halfway through the gig when it's going really well and there's people yeah. are dancing and you're making a lot of noise and God, this is this is great. Absolutely, absolutely. Did you do, do you play out much? Yeah, I'm out um, most weekends. So my teaching gigs like Monday to Friday, but um, yeah, most fr- most Saturdays I'm out some Fridays. So usually once a week. And I do um, last five years I've been doing a lot of classic Aussie rock, so particularly Cold Chisel stuff, but um, uh, some Dragon and ACDC, quite, all that kind of stuff. So I've gone from like a wedding band kind of gigs, um, yeah. which is massively fun. But just to rock for the last while has been the best because that's sort of that was the uh, kickoff point for me as a guitar player. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's something thing. lovely. Yeah, there's so, something lovely about step, stepping on the boost pedal and oh, off you go. It's like, <laughs> I, I still, yeah, I still roll up to a gig and it's just at some some pub somewhere or a club or whatever, and um, getting the gear out, set it up. It's like, man. Fifteen-year-old me wanted to do this, you know, and, and yeah, and he fifty-one, yeah. fifty-two this year. It's yeah, it's just as fun. So I love hearing uh, the passion you have for it too. Yeah, we're really uh, it's really cool. Boat. And um, and what I've noticed as well, I mean, I put just playing covers, but I played in a few other bands where it's not been my sort of music. Yeah, but what I've realised is I don't care. Yeah, all I can, as long as I'm happy with my part. Yeah, 
and everyone's everyone else is having a good time, then it's great. Just want to, I just like being out there doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's still uh still enormous fun. I love that. I love that. And that's and that's and that isn't that great because both of us work full time <laughs> with guitars. Yeah. And we're still really into it. Yeah. I, I don't know if it will change. I think it's going to be fun all the way through. Yeah, well, I've, I've kind of decided this. I mean, the band I'm in, I've been in for 20-odd years. Okay. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play in this band until I can, can't stand up anymore, and then I'm going to play sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, I, I see no reason to, to not do it. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah. Glyn, can I ask you a couple of general sort of pick-up questions? Yeah. Um, that said, people really need to check out your website and check out all the demos. There's so much good stuff there. Um, but some general guitar questions. One thing that's come up on the podcast is uh, the gold foil phenomena. We saw Fender release the gold foils, which weren't really gold foils. They were mini humbuckers. Um, we're seeing, and not just them, we're seeing a lot of companies put stuff out with cool foil covers over existing factory pickups or, or whatever. What What is a gold foil and why is it? A big deal. Um, it, it's it, it's a different magnet is the main thing. I mean, it, it's actually hard to define what a gold foil. I mean, okay. isn't it a pickup with a piece of gold foil on the top? Yeah, but yeah, um, <laughs> yeah uh, it, it's. I think for most people, it's a look that they really like. A lot of people haven't tried the old originals. They're quite low powered. They've got um, plenty of high end, yeah. um, but it's a different magnet. Okay. Um, so, and the magnet is a massive part right, of, right. Of, of the sound and the attack and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but also they vary hugely from you know, repairing old um, Japanese or old row ones. Um, they're, they're very, very different from each other as well. Okay. So um, that book on the, I can't remember the guy's name who wrote it, on the Japanese guitar have you seen that? No. He's like lots and lots of sixties of that sixties period of the taste goes and all that. He's written a, a book that on those. Awesome. And in the, there are pages and pages of pickups in the back of it. Okay. And I got that a few years ago when I was still repairing and about, about a third of the pickups I'd get in from those sort of guitars, I could identify through his book. Okay. Wow. And his book is really comprehensive. So I thought, so it is, there are so many different pickups made then. So, yeah, I don't think there is a definition. Sure. That's a good answer, though, because that's what it looks like. But that's yeah. cool. How about some myths? It, uh, more is, if I'm looking at a pickup and it's got more ohms on the reading, does that mean it's louder? Okay. I will ask you a similar question. If I'm driving my car and the revs are higher, does that mean I'm going faster? Um, no, not necessarily. You need, to know what, you need to know what gear you're in. Yes. Yeah, I'm going up the hill. So- it's caning it Se- in a second. Yes. <laughs> same same thing. We need to know what gauge wire. Okay. So the thinner the wire for the same length of wire, the thinner it is, the higher the ohmage. Mm-hmm. So if I wound you 5,000 turns of AWG42, which is thicker wire, mm-hmm. it would have, or let's say I made you a PAF out of 42 gauge, which is what it's supposed to be, and then I made it out of really, really thin wire, the same turns, we could have almost double the k ohms, right? And yet it would sound, and yet it would sound way thinner. Okay, okay. So you need it's it's part it's part of the of the thing. It, it, it's a number that people use because it's quite hard to 
to actually pigeonhole what a pickup's going to do yeah, otherwise. Yeah. But it, if if we knew, if if you knew, so if you were comparing Strat pickups and you knew the gauge of wire and you knew everything else was the okay, same, okay. then yes. So it's a yes and no answer to that one. Yeah, that's good. Um, I often ask pickup guys that question too because, yeah, like you said, <laughs> it is a common thing people think and it's it's at least it looks like it's standard idea but it's as you're saying it's it depends uh, you notice if you look at if you try and look up the spec of pickups now it's getting less and less used okay pickup manufacturers quite often on their website they yeah. they're kind of hiding that information because yeah, yeah. they're a bit annoyed that people use that as a measurement yeah. of power gotcha <laughs> gotcha know? Okay. Uh, next, next uh, pickups one hundred and one question. What is scatter wound? Okay. Now, when you when you put wire onto a bobbin, if you wound each, if you put each winding very neat and tight right up next to the winding before it, yeah. So you're making a really neat tight coil. It sounds muffled. Okay. Which is counterintuitive because usually you think making it look really neat would be better, but it is not because any, any piece of wire with electricity running through it is going to have some, uh, a field of capacitance around it. Okay. Yeah. So if you put another piece of wire right next to it, the capacitance will interfere and the result is it sounds a bit muffled. Right. It's called, leak, called leakage capacitance. So what scatter winding is, is the idea of traversing a bit quicker. So you're separating um, windings from each other okay. to make a pickup sound more lucid, more open, and, and give more clarity. Okay, that makes sense to me. Good, three chord. Good, kid. Make, make no, sense. that's great. Yeah. Okay, so the capacitance. Yeah, I understand that. So no, no, no. What you're talking about is almost no. I mean, teeny, teeny, teeny amount of electricity. Yeah, but let's say it's a strap pickup. You you are multiplying that teeny amount by what 8,000 turns or whatever it's got. So you're multiplying it to so any little teeny thing with a winding makes a massive difference. Like the, like the thickness of insulation makes a big difference. Yeah. Okay. You know, it can be almost the same thickness and almost impossible to measure the difference, but you're multiplying it by so much with the turns. Okay. So does that mean every pickup is scatter wound? Like most people are going to go that way then? To avoid no. the capacitance? Uh, no. No. Mm. <clears throat> there's, there's, um, you can, if, if you, you don't necessarily need to scatter wind it, you can just traverse quite quickly. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're making more of a lattice than a, um, than a completely random gotcha. um, scatter. Yeah. Okay. And I imagine the scatter, to me, uh, again, a certain amount of ignorance going on here, but. Um, that would be harder to replicate if you love this scatter wound pickup. Are you going to scatter yeah. it the same way twice? Which is why um, people will be will analyse you know the old classic fender pickups and yeah. unwind unwind them and look how many wow. turns per layer and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now I'm not I'm not in the in the business of doing that. I don't do replica. You know, I do a PAF type pickup, and I do. You know, you kind of have to. It's the core of yeah, what sure. people people want. Yeah. But I don't do the. I don't. I don't care if there's a maple spacer in there or a different 
Sorry, it's the dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the postie's here. <laughs> I'm dropping off magnets. Uh, That's great. You, you can, yeah, you can, you can make sure everything else is quiet, but you can't stop the dog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm not, I don't, I don't do that. Correct to the nth degree. What, what I really want is to make really good pickups. I don't really mind if, if, gotcha. If yeah. it's all, if they will, that other people do that, and that's great. Yeah. You know, but it's not, it's not my thing. Yeah, gotcha. That's awesome. Hey, maybe, maybe last question. It might be a can of worms. In in your world of pickups, um, so putting things like active electronics to the side, but in your world of tweaking fairly traditional um, ideas, but bending them to your will. Uh, which I love that idea. Is there any uncharted territory? Are there any places these pickups can go that's in the back of your head or whatever? <clears throat> oh, well, I don't know. I, 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 there are there don't seem to be many problems that need solving. I mean, I suppose that Pandora pickup we talked about earlier on with the, yeah, with the Esquire yeah. thing, yeah. Uh, but that's not a new idea. Uh-huh. But I think for the, for an Esquire, that that works really, really well. Um, yeah, you mentioned active. Uh, it's, I'm not an amplifier designer, and that's what they are. Right. Um, and that's nothing new. Yeah. Of course, you know, I mean, was it Alembic or whatever, and then Leo Fender and all that. Um, and that was sort of a thing in the 80s. I mean, you'll remember the 80s like I do. Yeah. It was going to be a thing you know, like drum machines were going to replace human beings yeah. um, and all that, and we were all going to be playing synths on the moon. Yeah. But <laughs> And I had it didn't, pickups, absolutely. Oh, there you go. But it didn't quite happen, mm. and I think there's, there's a compression thing. Like EMGs, for instance, are great, and I always love playing through EMGs. I become this fantastically enthusiastic, tasteless man of rock. Um <laughs> But I, I don't, I don't feel there's a place for me. Um, but no, I think for active, yeah, I'd need, I'd need a. Um, I have talked to a pedal designer about the possibility, but we've never quite gone sure. through there. But I don't, yeah, I don't know where it's going to go. In fact, in many ways, like guitar design in general, a lot of it has gone backwards in, in time. I mean, not yeah, in sure. quality or anything. Yes, yeah, um, and it's the same with you get world that affects worlds, you know, where people are very into the, an early simple fuzz these days, but also there's meanwhile in the other, in the other field, there's people who are really into Kemper yeah. and whatever the new one is. I can't remember now. Um, so there's divergences going on. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And actually, if I did have any really, really cool ideas in the back of my head, I wouldn't be telling you right now. Sure. Sure, because you're, you're working. <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> you're going to tell everybody else, I know. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not telling anyone. <laughs> the folks listening, that's, that's another story. I can't Oh, that. they won't tell anyone either, will they? They won't. Hey, it is a great time to be alive, though, because, yeah, there is that looking back uh, at some old designs, um, but there's all this cool stuff you can do with them, like, like oh, no. your Esquire-style pickup. Like You can have cool vintage stuff that actually – stays in tune or isn't noisy mm. or is reliable on the gig it's it's a good time yeah. to be a guitar player you know I, I on that subject i really feel for gibson 
uh-huh. um, which I know in itself sounds like a controversial statement, but they kind of they kind of have to make guitars like they did in the fifties. Sure, yeah, they have to make that old stuff. But then they get criticised for not innovating, and then when they innovate, like with the new flying V or the yeah, I mean, then they get they get knocked down. So they can't win either way. Yeah, yeah. And 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 they've always have like through the seventies they tried to innovate, and they have done in more recent years, and it doesn't always work. Yeah, you know? that's that's really is, interesting. Is anyone still using robo tuning ten years on? I hope not. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, you know, they try. And, and I think that's with a traditional company like that, they can't just pick one or the other without being shot down. It's hard, isn't it? Absolutely. It's like, um, it's like a classic rock band. You go and see them. Everyone wants to hear the hits. No one really cares about the new stuff. Some people will, but yeah, most people want the same old, the same old stuff. So yeah, I get you. Yeah. So, yeah. Gibson, yeah. Maybe so more than, yeah. Maybe more than Fender even. Fender seem to get a little bit more leeway. To um to do stuff, I do. Uh, yeah, it's true, and I don't know why. Mm. Yeah, but you're but you're right. They yeah they they see Gibson and they want Gibson to play Blister in the Sun every time, and they want them to do the same old same old. Yeah, but no, you're right. Fender, I think maybe because Fender Fender guitars are more modifiable. Yeah, um, sure. and people will do HSS and do and Fender have almost been led by the nose by their yeah. punters yeah yeah because people have you know stuck different things on their guitars and uh, and so they've had to follow uh, um yeah i don't know i haven't really thought of that of that difference mm. but yeah interesting interesting but then there's guys guys like you you can do whatever you want with some of these classic designs take them out finesse them and that's awesome so that's that's only a win for Pickups and for guitar players, I reckon. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and isn't it a great world where now we've got the internet, little guys can do stuff like this? Yeah. Amazing. You know, I'm just a little guy in New Zealand, but I'm selling, you know, sending my pickups off to America and Europe and, and fantastic, man. lots of Australia. And, um, and yeah, it's just really cool. And, and then connecting with people from everywhere. And I think the community is something and it's a word you hear a lot now yeah which is fantastic yeah and it is yeah you know i'm in touch with players all over all over the place and and it's really nice and it's there's something we have in common like i, I do a lot on instagram and that's a great a great way of of getting to know other players yeah unreal fantastic well glenn thank you so much for speaking with you i'm glad we finally met in person uh, and, and, yeah, and did this. Um, exactly what you've said, that whole internet connection, or I've heard you talk to some other people I know. Um, it's been awesome speaking to you. I hope we can do it again. And uh, I'll have to ring you up and talk about some pickups one day for one of these. Uh, uh, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. You are clearly into, into putting guitars together, mate. So you are, you are, I see victim written all over you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You spotted me. You spotted me. Glenn, I'll leave all your links in the show notes um, for people to check out. But, yeah, people should definitely check out your site and and all those videos. And, uh, mate, thank you so much for being on the show today. Well, thanks very much, Matt. And like I said, I I have have heard – I mean, you're my number one podcast. I'm always really excited when when there's a new one out. So so keep going. And it's really cool. It's really nice to actually finally meet you. Thank you, man. And, uh, and, yeah, really good. 
All right, there you go. Glenn Evans on the Guitar Speak podcast. I so enjoyed that. I felt like we had a bit of a kindred spirit on the show today. And I really appreciate Glenn's time. I don't think that's the last we'll hear of Glenn. Certainly of his pickups as well. So thanks again to Glenn. And big shout out. If you are a luthier or a gear builder or a guitar tech or somewhere and you are listening to the show, thank you so much. Um, Like I said up the front, it is an honor that whilst you're performing the magic, you're tuning into this show every now and then. That's uh, very cool for me. I love that. My great thanks to Fretboard Biology. Thanks to Joe and Todd and the whole team there who support the show through the advertising. Please check out the links in the show notes. All right, that's it for me. My name is Matt Wakeling. You've been listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. And in the wise words of legendary shredder, Michael Schenker. Keep rocking. Keep on rocking. Keep on rocking indeed. <laughs>